0: Church, for the deep dive this week, as we kind of dig in a little bit more to one specific part of the message from this past weekend, I just wanted to take a second to talk about this book. Uh, How we approach this book, the Bible, really has tremendous impact on how we live out our faith, whether we feel like we are honoring God or not, how we understand our relationship with Him, how we use it for ourselves or for others. And and so the simple thought that I wanted to summarize this with, and then just read one uh, short couple of verses from Jesus to hear His own take on it, is that this book is not God. This book contains words from God, experiences that people had with God, truth from God. But it's meant to teach us how to have those experiences and wisdom and truth uh, for ourselves in relationship with God. This book is an explanation. It's for education, but it's not for worshiping. It's meant to point us through. We don't worship the Bible and the things it says about God. We worship the God of the Bible, and all these things that happened in history. This book contains 1,500 years of history. There's a lot of things that people experienced with God during that time. A lot of truth that he revealed to them, which was recorded, just written down. We're to take those things and say, God, I want that for myself now. I want to connect with you in the way they did. I want to see mountains jump into the sea. I want to see Red Seas part the way they did. And if you're the God of the Bible... I want that to be my God. And so instead of putting this between us and God, it's kind of like learn from it and then connect directly to God. Sometimes people think that reading their Bible like is godly living. But reading your Bible is meant to connect you to God so that you can talk with him and that's godly living. It's meant to educate us on how to treat others and how to deal with our own sinfulness and failures. And then when we do those things, that's living for God. The Bible isn't an end. You know, it's not a dead end. It's not a stop point. It's like, "Oh, I read the Bible. Good. It's it's meant to point us to the living Father, the living God, the living Christ, the living spirit that connects us. And Jesus said this exact same thing to the Pharisees and religious leaders of his day because they had spent so much time memorizing scripture and so much time uh, idolizing the the law and the prophets as written things that it almost had sort of like a a mystical or a um, what's the right, like a magical connotation. I've read the book. Okay, well, do you know the God? Are you following the Christ? Do you you have the Spirit? Because that's what the book's about. And just reading something on a page is not the same thing as experiencing it. We want to experience God. We don't want to spend our life reading about others who did. So this book is tremendous and and divinely given to us by God and beautiful and powerful, but for the right purposes. So this is what Jesus said in John chapter 5. Uh, verse 39, to that group of people. He said, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. So I read the Bible, so I'm going to heaven. That's kind of what they thought. But it is they, the scriptures, that bear witness about me. So it's like the Bible's talking about me, the Messiah, the Son of God, God incarnate. Like, okay, so it's me. You read this and you think that it gives you eternal life, but the Bible's actually about me. It's my book, my story. He says, they bear witness about me in verse 40, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So the Bible isn't eternal life. The Bible points to Christ, who's the connection to God, the mediator, the forgiver, the, the power, the, the miracles, the love, the grace. So you got to go to him if you want those things. Just reading about those things is not the thing. It's not the end. It's a point. It's an instruction manual, though the verses before it Uh, Verse 37, Jesus said, The Father who has sent me has himself borne witness about me. So he's like, there's plenty of miracles, there's plenty of evidence that I am who I say I am. So God himself is proving that I'm true, that I'm right, that I'm, I'm honest. I'm truly the Son of God. So the Father who has sent me has himself borne witness about me. But his voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. So you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, but it is they that bear witness about me, and yet you refuse to come to me that you may actually have life. So this group of people had read all about Moses and the Red Sea and the Torah and the Ten Commandments, but they had never heard God speak. And they'd heard all about Moses and Elijah up on the mountain and seeing God's form passing by and the glory, the Shekinah glory of God coming down into the temple and the people being afraid to go close because of the glory cloud. They'd see, But they'd never seen God's form themselves. And they diligently studied the scriptures, but they didn't have any of it in them. It didn't penetrate it was just something they read. It was apart from them. It was something different. They were the person and here was the Bible and they were separate instead of God's spirit and his word in us. So we just speak the words of God because the Holy Spirit was revealing. But Jesus is like, you're, you're separating. You're making this the end. This is, it's stopping here when it's meant to be through to God. And so as we talk about personalizing scripture, I just wanted to make this point abundantly clear. Do not read the Bible as if reading it is then living a Christian life. That's the general sort of, oh, I read my Bible, I'm a good person. And don't just read the specific things that Jesus said to people in the New Testament, like, oh, this is the specific way to do it. Go one step, two step, and then three step. God, what are you saying to me from this word? Put the Bible to the side. God, what are you saying to me As I learn from others what you said to them. Don't just talk to them, please, in your mercy. Talk to me. And then sit and listen. What is God trying to say to you? He wants to speak. He wants you to hear his voice. We want to hear Jesus lead us. So we come to Jesus. We follow him and say, okay, let's do this. I've seen that this worked for others. I want to experience that myself. So, I thought that the the way to look at this in our metaphor of Jesus as the master and us apprenticing ourselves to him is not to think of the Bible as a tool in and of itself. It's more of a description of all the tools in Jesus' workshop and instruction and advice on how to use them. But if we think of the Bible itself as a tool, then we've sort of used the Bible. We, We did Bible time. Instead of, well, the Bible taught us about things like reconciliation and things like forgiveness and repentance. Oh, those are the tools. Actual reconciliation, actual forgiveness, actual repentance. And so now let's learn about those things and now step into Jesus and say, okay, I was reading the manual about these tools. It looks like if I am willing to humble myself in a relationship that I have with my boss, with my neighbor, with my sibling, with my parent, that you might actually bring about a forgiveness and a reconciliation. And then if I act defensively, and if I self-justify, and if I slander them, it's going to cause division, and that's not going to work. And so can you give me some skill to know how to reconcile, to be a peacemaker in this situation of conflict? Because that's what I want. I don't want to just read Blessed are the Peacemakers. I want to become a peacemaker we need to gain skill, you know, we're far more informed, but far less skilled as Christians than perhaps Christians have ever been, and I want us to be skilled as the Master shows us how to work. So the examples in Scripture are are endless, and I'll let the Holy Spirit lead you to the specific Scriptures that He wants to speak to you. Uh, if you want, feel free to flip open to the book of Proverbs, anywhere, really, um, Proverbs twenty seven one says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. So there's a piece of advice. Don't just read it as general advice. Oh, I read the Bible today. Yeah, I read Proverbs 27. It's like, well, how am I boasting about tomorrow? How am I bragging about this vacation or this addition that I'll have in my home or this degree that I'm going to get or this place that my business is going to go or how great this is going to be? Why am I boasting in tomorrow? I actually don't know what another day might bring. Okay, well then what does that mean? This is wisdom, this is a tool, this is a perspective, this is humility. Uh, Jesus, how will boasting, how will my own confidence in the future actually uh, hinder and damage today? What's the opposite of that look like for me? Can you help me learn about the tools of humility, of living in each day? You know, if you want to make that practically look for an example, Jesus said, pray for your daily bread. The Israelites, when they were in the wilderness, they prayed for daily bread and they got manna every day, but they couldn't store up for tomorrow. They just lived with what God provided them for in that one day. And at first, I'm sure, and many times it was stressful. Will we have food tomorrow? And yet their trust was in the Lord day by day. They couldn't just stockpile and then sit back on their reserves and their savings and say, oh, we're not worried anymore. We don't need faith and we don't need God. He already provided. Now we're just living off the excess. You know, boasting in what we have, what we're going to do in our retirement. Well, what if our health is taken from us? How are we living today? How could that tool of living one day at a time for the Lord, what if Jesus comes tomorrow and all the rest of the plans don't matter? Right. Well, then how do we want to live today? Now you're starting to get personal. Peter talks about this. How then should we live? How What sort of people ought we to be? How do we pursue today if we're not boasting or confident in or worried about or afraid of tomorrow, but we live right now? See, this is where Jesus speaks to us. So I encourage you just to speak to the Father to make sure that the Bible itself isn't the idol of our worship, but it is a means for us to learn about the God who loves us individually, knows every hair on our heads, and wants to work in our lives who gave His Son to die for our specific sins so that our own specific gifts and talents and potential that might become his worship created for good works that he has for us to do. So we don't worship the Bible, we worship the God of the Bible, but there's so much beautiful stuff in this book. I encourage you to dig in. I encourage you to buy a study Bible with all the footnotes you can fit on a page, with all the explanations in the back and indexes and maps and all the things you can possibly fit. I have two or three translations of this Bible. Get as much as you can from it. But don't think that then in that studying you think, wow, I've done the thing. No, you've just gotten a chance to dig in and learn what it really means. What is this Bible trying to say? The different genres of scripture. There's poetry over here. What do we get from poetry? There are commands from God. Thou shalt not. What do we get from those? There are parables from Jesus. There are prophecies. There's history. There's so many different genres of scripture. Well, let's learn them. Let's dig in. let's let our Bible be this manual, and the, the more accurately we can interpret, understand it, the more wisdom we can have in implementing and growing skillful in living it, living the Word of God. It says the Bible is living and active, the Word of God is living and active, and it, it cuts us to the heart because God knows us. So you will find when you read this book that the things that God said to people, you know, all these thousands of years ago, this book contains 1,500 years of time. The things that God said over these 1,500 years to people, they still hold true because God's still God, people are still people, sin is still sin. And Jesus is still Jesus. So let's follow Jesus. Let's learn about the tools He has. But then let's, let's go through this to an actual relationship with Christ where we walk with Him every day and see what He has in store for us. So may God bless you as the tools in Scripture become real to you this week. And Bible time doesn't just become sort of like a meditation practice but it becomes an education on all that Christ has for you in your life and in the world. Uh, May you go out as his messengers and ambassadors this week in powerful ways. And may you hear God speaking to you through the pages of Scripture this week. God bless you.